0: Welcome back. One and all, it's Chip and Eric read through the Bible. And Chip, today, yeah. guess
1: what? What? We have no friends. No friends today. Just no you friends. and I, Two friends coming together. Oh, and we have each other. And we have each other. Speaking oh, of having each goodness. other, Eric, oh. today is day 12, and we're going to read genocide, gen- genocide. <laughs> Genesis 29 and 30 today, yeah. and John chapter 6, 45 through 71.
0: Yeah, we don't get to genocide until the book of Joshua. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> hey. Here we go. Genesis chapter 29. Jacob arrives at Padanaram. Aram. Woo. Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the distant land of the east. I don't know why I said distant. In the land of the
1: east. <laughs> you did say distant. I did. I'm <laughs> pulling a chip there.
0: It feels far away. Yeah. Let's try again. What <clears throat>
1: okay, are our two questions again, Eric?
0: Uh, how does this help me love God more? Okay. And how does this help me love others more? Thanks. This is a lot. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm going to try Genesis chapter 29 verse 1 again. <laughs> Please do it. Jacob arrives at Padanaram. Aram. Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered, but a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well? Jacob asked. Yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out to the pasture? Well, we can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well, and we, and we water all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock. For she was a shepherd, and because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebekah. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob told him his story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood.
1: Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah and the younger was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your youngest daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him just a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I fulfill my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So (laughs) so Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah! Oh, What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off our younger daughter ahead of the firstborn. Laban replied, but wait until the bridal week is over. Then we'll give you Rachel too, provided you promise to work for another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilha to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years.
0: Jacob's many children. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon. For she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He, name, he was named Levi, for she said, Surely this time my husband will feel affection for me, since I have given him three sons. Once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children.
1: Genesis chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. "Am I a god?" he asked. "He's the one who has kept you from having children." Then Rachel told him, "Take my maid Bilha and sleep with her. She will bear children for me, and through her, I can have a family too." So Rachel gave her servant Bilha to Jacob as a wife and slept with her. Bilha became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, "God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son." Then Bilha became pregnant again and gave. Jacob, a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister, and I'm winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore, so she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Soon, Zilpah presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, How fortunate I am. Then Zilpah gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, What joy is mine. Now the other women will celebrate with me. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Rachel begged Leah, please give me some more of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, I'll let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of the mandrakes. So so that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must come and sleep with me tonight, she said. I have paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. So that night he slept with Leah. And God answered Leah's prayers. She became pregnant and again gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him Issachar. For she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Sebulun. For she said, God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. Later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph. For she said, May the Lord add yet another son to my family. Jacob's wealth
0: increases. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go to my own home. Home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you, and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, you know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done, but now what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied. It will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled off the strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, for that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated these lambs from Laban's flock, and at mating time, He turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and
1: donkeys. Okay, we're going to move ahead to John chapter 6, starting with verse 45, going through 71. Okay, Verse 45, As it is written, so Jesus is speaking, As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I who have sent, who was sent from God have seen him. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life, yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which, will I, which I will offer, so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus again said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, You cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever." He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum.
0: Many disciples desert Jesus. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the son of man ascend to heaven again? The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, That that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe, and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one is a devil. And he was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. And, and that, that is our reading today. today. That is our reading today. And Chip, yep. you said it yourself. There are two questions. I did say And that. those two questions are what does this tell us about God? Or, no, that was last year. How does this help us love God more? Yeah. Ooh, it was a little autopilot. And how does this help us love others more? So, Chip, yep. how does this help us love God
1: more? I really like the part in the beginning in genesis twenty nine or towards the middle there, twenty nine when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, He enabled her to have children. Mm. It just shows us the character of God, right You know, I love him more because he loves me more, you know, and he wants me to be blessed and have great things and great opportunities and great situations. And some of that requires me to go through you know, the valley of the shadow of death Mm -hmm. and in difficult times and stuff, but he's yet he is still with me. So I love that God loves us and he saw that she was unloved. And, and, uh, he sees that we see that over and over in scripture where he sees people in their condition Mm -hmm. and he blesses them and, uh, you know, um, is there for them and we see that in our own lives. And I see that in my life where I, God's love towards me is just so favorable and so powerful, and and unfortunately, it's the times when I go through difficult times that I really notice it, um, but I love to notice it all the time, and so I think it's good reading through scripture like this to just remind me of how great his love is for me, so that's what I would say. I love that. I Someone pointed out to me mm-hmm. that I always say
0: i love that when people are done with their takeaways from scripture okay and the truth is i mean it every time you love it every time i do love it every time Yeah. okay it was rude to point it out rude (laughs) rude dan all right anyway so uh how does this help me love others more man jacob is such an example of an unloving scumbag like he just really is he loved one person in this whole story Mm -hmm. and it was rachel um, that's a story of just the beginning of it. Like, very,
1: very interesting story. Like for
0: sure. he takes the lid off.
1: Yes, he does. Waters
0: the flocks, kisses her, and then cries yeah. and tells her he's her cousin. Wow. Yeah. What a story. But he really is just an unloving jerk. Like he, um, <laughs> you know, he had that moment of passion, but that wasn't real love. I mean, I don't, you know, whatever. But just the way he, and and Laban is his foil meaning that laban brings it out in him you can see it in laban he does but like how do you i mean he knows his grandfather's story meaning abraham like he knows the story of hagar he knows the story of his great uncle ishmael you know and and yet he sleeps with these handmaidens and um he knows that god will provide everything for him and yet he you know, and I know, I understand that Laban cheated him. I get that, but he also does yeah. turn about. You know, to and it's just he is just unloving. And look, Jacob is a bad person at this point. Like mm-hmm. you just don't see good things from him right now. Yeah. Um, his his wife is comes to him and says, you know, I, I that she's struggling. She's in crisis because she can't have children. Mm-hmm. You know, this woman that he loves that he worked for for fourteen years. Fourteen
1: years. To get. years.
0: And his answer is, what am I, God? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, So, okay, so sometimes scripture is going to give us examples of what not to do. And so this really helps me in loving others, because I can look at Jacob in the stories that we read today Mm -hmm. um, and other stories previously with him, you know, like him and Esau. uh, I can look at him as an example of what not to do. You know, just because God is blessing me doesn't mean that he approves of everything that I'm doing in the way that I'm loving people. So I think when people are in crisis, I can be there for them instead of saying like, well, what am I, God? Why are you telling me this? Mm -hmm. What am I, God? You know, instead of going my own way and hurting people to get what I want, I can trust God to give me what I want. And so that's how this helps me love others today.
1: Yeah, and I think on top of that is that we can see that even though there's some bad people doing some bad things, God can bring good things out of that. Absolutely. He does with the family. Yep. you know, in the nation. And yep. just kind of amazing there. So when we have bad people who do bad things, you know, um, even sprinkle with good things, we can see or, you know, pray towards the fact that, okay, God, bring some good out of this, bring some great things out of this situation, or even this person.
0: And all of this is eventually going to work towards bringing Jacob to a relationship with God. That's good. Yeah, you know he gets to that point. He wrestles with God. He gets to that point where he's in a solid relationship with God. He gets to that point where he reconciles with Esau. He gets to that point that, you know, when uh, I think it's Simeon and Reuben, Rubai, Reuben, Reuben, Reuben. It's two Reubens. <laughs> two Reubens. is a Reuben. Yeah. Uh, when they go and they they kill that whole town, like mm. he's like, "How could you do this?" Like he gets to the point, and this does eventually bring him there. But just in this moment, you know, we have to be really careful in Scripture. It's the same as in our own lives. Like after our encounter with with the Lord and after we become believers in God and in Christ, we behave totally differently than we did before. So mm-hmm. someone could look at my life and say, well, Eric used to do this. Well, mm-hmm. that's that was before Eric had a relationship with God. You don't want to be that, Eric. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful not to do that with Bible characters, too. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be like Jacob just mm-hmm. because he's Jacob. Doesn't mean that everything he did was right, especially before he even has a relationship with God. So, yeah. Okay. That's where I'm at. That's good. Well, thank you guys for joining Still, us. Good
1: reading, good people, what
0: a good day. Just good a day. good, good day, day, everybody. Day 12. We're hey, almost there, Chip.
1: Yeah, we're getting pretty close, Eric. Yeah, we're almost there. Close to my birthday, that is.
0: That's true. In yeah. fact, everyone, the next time Chip and I read together, it will be his birthday. Thirty-nine. Nic na kapanie. Pum.